0: Pickaxe Welcome back to season two of video game movie podcast. I should really know the name by now, shouldn't I, Jamie? My name is Rory Justin, I'm from Cyberpunk Studios, and I'm joined today by Jamie Evans, as per usual, from Impala Films. Say hello, Jamie. Hi, I'm Jamie Evans. You may know me as president of the Pikmin Fan Club. Oh, so you did listen. Well, did you want a Pikmin film or not? I've never played Pikmin. No, I've th- no clue what it is. Are you happy I picked Pikmin, though? I don't know what it is. I thought you said Pac-Man at first. No, Pikmin is from the Nintendo GameCube. I know you've got that. I've it's, got a GameCube, I ain't got a Pikmin. Oh, no. well, Pikmin is the game where the you The only as a, games I have on my GameCube are Resident Evil and Sonic Adventure. Oh, okay. Well, Pikmin you play as a spaceman that goes into a big overgrown garden mm-hmm. and uh, has to have little flower people collect parts of their spaceship for them. It's a really hardcore game, kind of very similar to Resident Evil, in fact. Mm, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure. It's, it's similar graphics. Now, today's episode, we're going to be doing the original 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. Mortal Kombat! Mortal Wombat! Uh, (laughs) Do you like Mortal Wombats? Wombats are cool animals. Wombats are cool animals. They've got little hands. Mortal Kombat is... I'm going to read the back of the box for this one. And no, this one isn't foreign language because Jamie is getting bored of that joke. (laughs) But I will do it in an American accent. Do you think I should? If you'd like to. Yeah, it's not racist to be <coughs> American, so it's fine. Lord Raiden has rescued them, but he cannot fight for them. They, a martial artist, an action film star, a soldier, are the chosen three. And while the world's fate rests on their shoulders, the rest of us can enjoy the thrills as they compete to save us all in the body-slamming, mystical-tinged, full-tinted spectacle of creatures in conflict that is mortal combat. Murder! Paul Anderson directs this astonishing and trend-setting experience that showed how to turn a smash hit video game into a movie smash. Cheer these intrepid three combatants. They're fighting for you. This before he had to start adding the WS into his name. Yes before before Paul Thomas Anderson turned up. Well this Blu-ray is from 2011 so I think because it says here that and the credit they've given Paul Anderson is Resident Evil Afterlife in brackets. Because gross. I think that was the latest Resident Evil at the time. Yeah. It um, would have been. But yeah, so what do you think of that? Does that sound sound really excellent for you? it it, it sums up the film it does it does indeed now you asked me a question yesterday so I thought I'd get you some answers because it's it's kind of relevant because we're doing Paul W.S. Anderson's first video game based movie Uh, now he was only the director for this one he didn't write or produce it Uh, he would then mostly be a writer and producer with other things following it as well as directing several but you asked me who had done more video game movie adaptations between Paul W.S. Anderson and Uwe Boll yeah Sadly, I think these two are probably the two directors that have done the most video game-based movies. Oh, undoubtedly. And they're both the worst. (laughs) Mm. I would still classify Paul W.S. Anderson better than Uwe Boll, but that's only because I enjoy a couple of his films. Mm. But let's let's go into this and see. So I've listed everything they've got on their IMDb's, and I've also broken it down into the roles they did, because some of them they didn't have much to actually do with, others they had a lot to do with. So, Paul W. Sanderson has done 11 films in the video game space. So, he, that would be six Resident Evils, Mortal Kombat, yep. um, What's the Monster Hunter. Yep. So, uh, do you want me to break it down for you? Mortal Kombat, he was a director. Yeah. Resident Evil, he was the writer, director, and producer. Mm-hmm. Resident Evil Apocalypse, he was the writer and producer. Yeah. Dead or Alive... The 2006 film. He was a producer on that film. He was no. He produced Dead or Alive. You like that film, Jamie? Better movie than this one. You like that film, Jamie? You like a Paul W. S. Anderson think I liked film. It. You love that film. It's your favourite. Now you I've see- got something else to say when you go away from the microphone. <laughs> Resident Evil Extinction. He was a writer and producer. Mm. Resident Evil Afterlife. Writer, producer, and director. Resident Evil Retribution. Writer, producer, mm. director. And then Resident Evil, the final chapter, writer, producer, director. He also got a special thanks credit in Doom Annihilation in 2019. Special thanks to Monster Hunter. He was the writer, producer and director. And then there's Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City, in which he was an executive producer. Now, as we stated in that episode, executive producer is basically thanks for the Giving it, letting us use the name, but no. fuck off now. That's 11 films, six directed, eight produced, one executive produced, seven written, and one special thanks. Right. Uwe Boll has 12 films. Oh, man, they're neck and neck. Right, so it's 11 for Paul W.S. Anderson. However, it's the written where Paul W.S. Anderson steals a bit. So Uwe Boll has 12 films. That's House of the Dead, where he was the producer and director. Yep. Alone in the Dark, where he's the executive producer and the director. Mm -hmm. Blood Rain, where he's the producer and director. House of the Dead 2, he got a special thanks credit. Oh, did you not direct House of the Dead? No, he didn't. No, that was by someone else. I'm sure it was great. In the Name of the King, a dungeon siege tale. He was the producer and director. Postal, he was the writer, producer, director, and he was an actor. (sighs) Blood Rain 2, Deliverance. He was executive producer and director. Alone in the Dark 2, he was a producer. Far Cry was a producer and director. Blood Rain 3, The Blood Reich, he was a producer and director. And then for both In the Name of the King, Two Worlds, and In the Name of the King, The Last Mission, he was executive producer and he was director. Which means he directed ten films, he produced seven, he executive produced four, he wrote one, and he got one special thanks. He also acted in one. Uh, But the only one he wrote was Postal. Which might be why he considers it his most important Masterpiece yeah. yeah. So, that's great. I've got Far Cry on Blu-ray, by the way, so we're, we're going to be lucky enough to see that at some point. Great. that would be great. It actually goes to Uwe Boll, I think. He's done 12 films instead of 11. He directed 10 instead of 6. He produced one less, but he then executive produced three more. Mm. But he, the, the he's only written place, a lot less. Yeah, written a lot less, 7 versus 1, and they both had a special thanks credit. So there you go, that's that's an answer to who is... Uwe Boll currently has the crown. Though, Paul W.S. Anderson could still take it, because Uwe Boll, I believe, is out of the game now. Yeah. So, Paul W.S. Anderson could create one more film oh. and kind of equalise slash take the crown. If he makes two more films, then he absolutely takes the crown. I'm going to do something we're both going to regret, and I'm quickly going to look what Paul Anderson's currently working on. Uh, he's doing a film called In the Land... Dark no. He's in in the land something, I'd messaged it to you. Guess what the lead actress is in that film? Oh you did, yeah, Land of the Lost or That's something, was not it? Wasn't yeah, yeah. It? Yeah, Miller Jovovich is in it. Yeah. Did you know Surprise Here's something I didn't know. <laughs> it's like Tim Burton and fucking Johnny Depp. Here's something I didn't know. Did you know Paul W. S. Anderson was born in Newcastle upon Tyne? No. He's a Geordie. I knew he was British, I didn't know he was a Geordie. Well, then we really got to rate this highly because he's one of us. He's a Brit. One one of us. One of of us. One of us, please. Everyone knows Britain is split into multiple tiny tribes that hate each other. Look, Newcastle and Southend are pretty much the same place in England. Are they? No. (laughs) No, it's one South, one's Northern. And believe me, if you ever lived in the UK, you'd know that there is uh, quite a divide. Uh, And then I'm from the Midlands. (laughs) Oh, that's essentially the Gaza Strip of the UK, isn't it? The the Midlands. (laughs) 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 Yes. <laughs> the no-, the no man's oh, land. Come on, we probably should stay away from political humor. Yes, sorry. So we've offended. We're going to offend people. No, uh, eh, So this- can I start by saying that I thought I'd seen this film before. I had vague memories of having watched Mortal Kombat as a child. Uh, so my- here was my whole memory of it: was that Brian Thompson from the X Files was in it, and I spent the whole film going, "So when Shao Kahn turning up?" Shao Kahn, don't turn up. Shao Kahn's in the second one. You've only seen Annihilation. Yeah. I call call it Annihilation generally. But yeah... Um. I don't really remember it. I was a kid when I saw it. Sure. Um, but I always remember it had the dude from X-Files, Brian Thompson, in so it. So you've only seen the second Um one. And I remember Shao Kahn's mask. Because I always think of Shao Kahn as the main villain of Mortal Kombat. Yes. But in the original game, it's Sha- Shansung. Tsung. In the first Shansun? game, yeah. Shang Tsung, yeah. Shansung. Yeah. Shang Tsung, then in the second one, it turns out he's... Well, it's always stated that he's a minion of Shao Kahn, even in the first game, but you never see Shao Kahn in the first game. Yeah. So, uh... This film was crap, weren't it? No, I, I really enjoyed myself. Mm. It's, not, it's not a no. masterpiece of cinema. No, Let's to be there. fair, I'm trying to decide. I'm hoping that as we go through the discussion, I'm hoping my opinion will cl- crystallise. Yep, It's definitely an awful film, but I'm trying to mm. decide in my head whether it's fun-awful, or just awful awful? See, for me, it's definitely in the fun awful camp. See, I think for me, it's that the first half is fun awful. And funnily enough, once all the actual fighting starts, I lost all interest. Do you not like fight scenes? or Not when it's just fight scene after fight scene after fight scene. So, let's, let's lay my cards on the table here. I do not like fighting games. Okay. Like Mortal Kombat, Tekken, Street Fighter. Don't like them, don't play them. Sure. Find them very boring. I've always thought that of all the games you can turn into films, I don't understand why they make fighting games into films like Mortal Kombat, like Tekken, like Dead or Alive. In the 90s, it was because they were the most popular genre along with the performance. But what's your story? Yes. Exactly, do you see what I mean? (laughs) And it is just, the, the whole second half of it is just fight after fight after fight, none of which are the rules actually clear Not in I mean, any rule, of yeah. them, so, because I yeah. thought it was Mortal yeah. combat, i.e. to the death, and the first fight seems to suggest it is, because shansung mm. Takes the guy's soul. Takes the guy's soul. But it's implied that he does that with everyone who loses. But yeah, you don't see it, Mark. But it should be that the competitor. I can understand why they've not done it because they didn't want to show good guys killing people. Yeah. What I would have done it. I wrote this mm. after Liu Kang first beats the nameless black dude. What's does he have a name? The no. first opponent. After Liu Kang beat he's him not from the game. No, it's a bit of a missed opportunity. Really. A- after Liu Kang beat him, and he, you had that moment where he looks at Shan Sung and he's a bit like. Well, I've done it. Yeah. That was the perfect moment. I know they do it later, but Shansung should have gone, finish him. Yes. Well, look, there's there's an awful lot where the rules are wrong in this film. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they call flawless victory four times. And it's never a flawless victory. Almost never. Except for the uh, first one Goro kills. No. No, no. no the one no, some no, no. Zero kills. The ones That's zero. flawless so, victory. So, yeah, that's flawless. And also, Johnny Cage gets a flawless victory on Goro. He doesn't kill him, though. All he does is a nut punch. No, he push- pushes him off the edge of the mountain. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, yes. so and so there's, out of the four Flawless mm. victories called, only two are Flawless, and I've actually yeah. done a strike count for each of the two failed Flawless Jesus victories Christ. to figure out exactly how wrong they are. I do have another problem with the actual tournament itself, but I'll wait till we get to the tournament bit. Yeah, I think we should probably, yeah. So let's go in order. Let's, let's start with what the film opens up with. Oh, this scene is hilarious. No, no, it's not a scene. <laughs> I I can't decide if I like the fact it's the actual game music or not. It's not the game music, is it? Not. No. They they use. It that sounds tune. very much like it's from the game. It doesn't the video game music was kind of so the first like, I played the shite out of the first Mortal Kombat right. the original game music wasn't very techno at all it's right. this film that pushed that in oh, okay. and then when they did re-releases of the first Mortal Kombat like on the uh, Mega CD Sega Mega CD they added this tune right. as the title theme because I, I have to say I, I've never really played Mortal Kombat either no, I'm the a big only, fan so the, I, the I only like Mortal it. Kombat I've played I had it on my Xbox 360 and it actually got stolen while I was at uni <laughs> which one was it? Uh, I had Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe oh that's the worst one but yeah I hated it Yeah, I fucking hated it I enjoyed it. it Have you? did you ever play a multiplayer there's one point of that game that yes I and liked. I just got annihilated over and over again because I'm not good at fighting games I don't like no I'm not particularly good at fighting games either so we might actually be an alright match however what I would say is the thing I liked about that game it's crap mm. but I liked it because it was so brainless is if you grabbed someone rather than most fighting games where you do like a grab attack mm. in versus DC Universe what would happen is it'd go into like this zoom in mode mm. and you'd have to do like this guessing of the different buttons, right? So you could just basically constantly pummel someone in the face, <laughs> and it was just it was literally like the big long fight, it mm. would almost never end. And so you'd just be punching the shit out of people if they couldn't guess the button that you were gonna press, yeah, then you basically would just infinitely punch them to death, right? In one spot, Bloody and it was hell. it was naff, but it was hilariously naff. I, I have actually managed to get a copy of the original Mortal Kombat, maybe we should uh. Well, the game? Yeah. Okay. Maybe we should have a game later. Well, the arcade version? Or... I don't know. Well, which version? What have you got it on? Mega Drive, I think. Well, that's it's not the arcade version. It's Mega Drive It's version. on my Mega Drive. The Mega page. Drive one has an amazing glitch. Mm. I used to do a show called Reset on YouTube, and I showcased this glitch in all its glory. If you play as Liu Kang mm. and win a match, and it goes to the finish him, walk up to the person, and you'll do a throw behind, but the game doesn't classify the throw as a final move. Mm. But it will keep the enemy on the floor. If you then hold the direction towards the enemy, and just keep holding it even after you know you've walked over them, mm. Liu Kang will walk over them and sort of. Once he gets to the halfway point of the character, he goes to turn around, but he'll turn around infinitely mm. on the spot. And the way his hand is, it looks like he's wanking off on uh. top of the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I never did that to my brother. I mean, in the game, not, not like... But you anyway, said it, can't take it back. <laughs> it's not political. <laughs> There's, so, anyway, the opening scene, we see Liu Kang dreaming of his brother being killed by Shang Tsung. I knew I, I knew I was in for a treat right then and there. So Shang Tsung looks directly at the camera. Oh, yeah. And the face he pulls is the most over-the-top, I'm the villain and I'm angry face Ever. I'm like, smiling and beaming. I love... He's, he's doing the Jack Nicholson eyebrows. The, guy, the actor's name is Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa, and he is the world's best Shang Tsung there will ever be. Mm. And it's because of this film. He's Didn't so, he go on to play him in the games because of how much people liked him? So, yeah. So, basically, he played him in the film, and then 20 years later, he got put into the second season of Mortal Kombat Legacy mm. as Shang Tsung. Right. And then... Uh, with Mortal Kombat 11, they were going to put Shang Tsung in the main storyline, but they held him off for the DLC because they needed more time because they managed to hire the original Shang Tsung, uh, and they basically beefed up him having his own storyline, and he's got every best line in that DLC. Mm. His his lines are smooth, and you, you know they just went, look... I know we normally write kind of relatively basic garbage, but for this guy, we've got to take it up several notches, and they do. Yeah, your soul is mine is the best line. It's not a cheesy line, it's not a bad line, it's a bit cheesy, but I love it. It's not a. I'm not going to put that in worse lines. It, the film has a very Power Rangers feel to it. Yeah, it's from a similar era. We'll come to some of the martial art reasons as to why that might have some of that vibe. The one thing that I will reference here, and it's, I'm only going to reference it because I'm going to raise it later, is in this dream, Shang Tsung beats Lu's brother, Chan, and while he's on the frog, is your soul is mine. Oh, your brother's Chan- soul is mine. Chan Kang. Yeah. Yeah, in the game it was called Chow, but they called him Chan. Chan Kang. We see Chan look at the camera and go, Lou! Shout out Lou's name. Your brother's soul is mine. <sighs> Keep that in the memory bank, because I want to reference that later. Okay. So, Lou then wakes up. In a green-tinged bedroom, we don't really... Hella green tinge. I, yeah. thought, I thought this motherfucker was in The Matrix for a second. It was very Matrixy. There's a lot of things that are similar to The Matrix in this. I'll reference in a bit certain martial art techniques that were only used in this film and then later in The Matrix. The actual cinematography in this film is... I, I love it. It's not subtle by any one stretch of no, the imagination. No, so I actually noticed something about the cinematography. Yeah. So you may know that I'm a big fan. One of my favourite directors ever is Sam Raimi, and Sam Raimi is a big user of Dutch angles. Yes, but they always feel purposeful. Yeah, there's this, a, there's a reason to employ them. Every other fucking angle in this film is a Dutch angle. Well, it's all a bit weird, isn't it? I, I'm start. I'm start. I, I think they just had a faulty tripod leg. Yeah, when you know when the lock breaks on your tripod leg and yeah, it yeah. keeps sliding into itself? <laughs> I think that's what yeah. happened. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd put that probably more closer to the direction of uh, Paul W.S. Anderson. It was his first martial arts movie. Um, is this his first movie? Had he done anything before No, this? he'd done a couple of bits before this, but it was the first time he'd ever done action. Right. So that started here. Um, and I'll come to that in a minute. There, there is uh, trivia on as to how I know that. So he gets the shortest fax in the universe, which just basically says, <laughs> it says, To Lou, brother, brother dead, dead, come, come home. home. And then signed by grandpa or whatever it is like for the, the, mm. the old grandpa monk. It's like, you couldn't have put a bit more sentiment. Sorry to inform you, your brother. doesn't no like, brother dead, come home. And then we then cut to Sonia and Jax in a Hong Kong nightclub looking for Kano. And we find out that Kano is working for Shang Tsung. And his job is to lure Sonia onto the boat at the Hong Kong Pier later on in the film. In the game storyline, actually Sonia and... uh, Well, Jax isn't referenced by name, though. His character was apparently going to be in the first game. Mm. He just never ended up being there, so that's pretty cool. But Sonia and Kano actually come to Shang Tsung's Island once the tournament's already started, purely by accident. Sonia was chasing Kano on different speedboats, and she just busted one of his black dragon cartel rings. And they were she was chasing him through the sea, and they just so happened to have emerged at. Mm. Shang Tsung's Island they were both arrested and the only reason they basically had to fight for their freedom yeah. by competing in the Mortal Kombat tournament so, so I, that's very different Shang Tsung certainly had no interest well. in Sonya whereas he's very much perving over her in this one so in my memory of Mortal Kombat so I did used to watch the animated show as well that's very inaccurate when I was a kid yeah. oh right Defenders of the Realm I, yeah. unless I'm remembering incorrectly which I probably am because I was like 7 I always remember Sonya being a total badass she is, yes. And in this, she's not. No, she's not. Really. She in this, it's hey, look at this pretty lady who inexplicably will beat the shit out of men five times the size of her, which I'm fine with. I I love seeing that in stuff, but I just didn't believe it from her. Okay, like like okay, she was so like, brought on last minute. I will say right. that for her, because like for yeah. example, when you watch, say, Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron. Or you watch Underworld with Kate Beckinsale. Yes. I believe that those are tough women who could kick ass. Yeah. I, ne- I didn't feel that from Sonya. No, okay, no, that's fair enough. I- I'll be honest, I didn't think her acting was particularly great in this film to begin with. But I also think the script let her down in some places. She oh, was alright in, fir- right in the first half, but by the second half she just becomes Damned Johnny Cage. Yeah, and Johnny Cage love interest. Yeah, why does but- she only fight one battle? She only fights one, but there seems to be footage that no one can figure out of a second fight with her fighting a monk. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Johnny Cage, we then cut to Johnny Cage. His intros. he's fighting these suited guys, and it turns out he's filming a film, mm. an action movie. So this And is- he walks out on Steven Spielberg. Now, it's right. not actually Steven Spielberg. Yep. However, it was going to be Steven Spielberg. Right. Steven Spielberg loved Mortal Kombat, and he asked to be in the movie. Right. So they wrote the role for Steven Spielberg... Steven Spielberg then got caught up directing another film, and he couldn't. No, he could no longer make the shoot. Yeah. So they got someone in who kind of looks like. I him. was going to say the director is blatantly dressed as Steven Spielberg, yes. but that's why it was actually going to be legit, yeah. Steven Spielberg. So this scene, because I will say, and it makes a lot of sense that he didn't write it, because this is perhaps the most competent filmmaking I've ever seen from Paul Anderson, except for maybe Event Horizon. Um, in the sense that I can understand which bits are supposed to be funny. Yeah. The introductory scene for Johnny Cage, thank you, I was gonna say Luke Cage. <laughs> That would be a very different film. Yeah, who's Luke Cage? Oh, Luke Cage is he's Marvel. Marvel yeah. The introductory scene, it's actually a good introductory scene. Like I said, I don't know the games, but I know he's meant to be like this cheesy Hollywood... I'll be honest, hero. Johnny Cage's portrayal in this is very accurate to the game. Yeah. Well, so this is the thing, like, it's a great introductory scene. I like the fact you think it's a real fight, and then he's like, this is the part where you're supposed to fall down. Yeah, Cut, cut, blah, blah, blah. Um, I just wish... And the guy's not doing a terrible job, the actor... I, yeah. just, I just feel like he should have been cheesier. Okay. I feel, I feel like it should almost have been at the risk of saying, like, I just want to cast my favourite actors. I feel like it should have been a Bruce Campbell type. Okay. Bear in mind, Bruce Campbell around this time would have been in Army of Darkness shape. Yeah, he would have been in good, uh, good stead for the last for the Yeah, role, and he's got <clears throat> that proper American square chin and that very sort of... Well, it could have been worse. So right. the initial idea was that Johnny Cage was actually going to be played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. Jesus And Christ. you know what's weird is actually Jean-Claude Van Damme turned this down to do the Street Fighter movie. So good choice there. Um, <laughs> however, <laughs> however, Jean-Claude Van Damme was actually supposed to be Johnny Cage in the original video game. Right? They've written if you—it's actually got Jean-Claude, I think, or something like that, in the f- original character files for Johnny Cage. But because they couldn't get Jean-Claude Van Damme, it was meant to be his character from Bloodsport. Right. So that's why Johnny Cage in the first game is dressed like Jean Claude Van Damme from Bloodsport. I see. Um, so they were going to actually get the actor, but for whatever reason, it turned out that he couldn't make it, or for yeah. whatever reason. So they had to cast someone else. Uh, so they just cast another guy. So in this, that was probably going to be the fix to put Jean Claude Van Damme back into the role he was supposed to be in, which, yeah. to be honest, I think would have made a worse film. Yeah, um, but I mean, thankfully, he turned it down for Street Fighter the movie, and uh, he's much better suited there because that film is cheese all the way. Who, who does he play? He plays Guile in Street Fighter. Guile? Yeah, the all-American Right, I was going to say, not not. But he plays it with his Belgian accent. I was about to say, please don't come at me telling me he's Ryo or someone. No, but that would be hilarious. Um, King of Fighters is the one where you're going to want to watch that. There's a very clear Irish-American guy playing uh, a Japanese character. But when they go back into his past and they show him as a boy, it's a Japanese boy. No! Yeah. Yeah, King of Fighters does that. It is this a video game film. Yeah, yeah. So we'll be covering it. We at will some be point. covering it. You'll see. You'll see a, a Japanese boy grow up into being an Irish American man. Oh, oh excellent! excellent. <laughs> it's so bad. Anyway, back to Mortal Kombat. <clears throat> Liu Kang arrives at the. I've put monkery. That's not it. It's the monastery. <laughs> the monk. There's monks there at the monastery. Surprisingly enough, Raiden appears as a beggar and basically. Lu Kang has been Americanized, so he doesn't believe in Raiden anymore, the yeah. Thunder God. Um, Raiden asks him to hit him, and Lu Kang fails because Raiden is a Thunder God. Uh, mm. And he tells Lu Kang, basically, not to go to the boat, but he kind of needs him to, because he's the only person who could save humanity. He calls the monks the Order of the Light, because I think the term the White Lotus Society, which is Lu Kang's group in the games, hadn't been named yet. Right, so I think that's why he calls them the order of light in the film, but they should be the White Lotus Society so here's my first note yep I wrote WTF is Christopher Lambert doing so they needed a Japanese man, so of course they went with Christopher Lambert um, yeah. who had previously played a Scotsman and hes French yeah so so in this I, I couldn't <laughs> tell is he he's doing sort of a weird cross between his natural French accent yep. and an American accent. Uh, no one, no one knows. Okay. No one knows what he's doing. He does. Also, say- I don't remember Raiden having long white hair. I remember Raiden having a dish on his head in the games. He did. He has the dish when you first see. Actually, he has the dish quite a bit. Later on, they lose the the hat. Mm. But yeah, the, he has that traditional Chinese hat, like the farmer hat. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, the thing is, is Raiden is an actual folklore character. Yeah. Uh, in real life, not in Mortal Kombat. Mm. Uh, he's a Japanese folklore character. The God of Thunder. Yeah, he's and their version of Thor. <laughs> kind of. The idea with Raiden is that he's a red-faced, so he's meant to actually have a really red face, mm. and when it thunders and lightnings, if you're outside, you have to take cover underneath something like a tree or something like that and lay on your that's, front. That's not a good idea. No, that's the not. worst thing to do in a lightning no, storm. exactly, but you're supposed to lie on your front because if you don't, he will find you and he will eat your stomach. Wow. None of this ever made it into the video games, let alone into the film. But yeah, that's the actual mythology of the real Raiden, mm. is that he is a, a, a thunder god who, when it thunders and lightnings, if you don't lie on your stomach or go indoors, it. he will eat your stomach. Better movie. It would have been a more gory movie. I wonder if they'd done that in the 2021 Mortal Kombat. So, I have watched that yet. Let's bring this up at this point, since, so, since we've just made, mentioned it. This film needed more gore, Right. Yes. Like Mortal Kombat is well known for being gory as fuck. The original script was meant made for an R rating, mm. but when New Line Cinema gave them the funding, they said they wanted it to be PG thirteen because so they wanted kids to watch. And it. that's why there, there's, as you say, there's very clear areas where, like fatalities and actual like deaths mm. and like gore can occur, yeah. which are just avoided. Oh, there is a bit later on where Goro is blatantly meant to rip someone's spine out, that's, and instead yeah. he just goes, "eh." Yeah, just punched him in the face. That's and that's his fatality. But in the game. I mean, Goro doesn't have a fatality in the game, but it was very obvious that Goro would have ripped the guy's arms and legs off. Yeah. That was going to be the original intention, I assume. Um, so Johnny. So now we're at the docks, so we're going to get the story going. Johnny Cage arrives at the docks, and we're introduced to Art Lean, the black guy. We were just mentioning who gets beaten up by Goro later. He has a name? Yes, his name is Art Lean. They introduce him. Art Lean. Art Lean. Now, he's not in the games. He's, they literally introduce him by name, so someone can die and you can care about it. But he's not from the games, and they don't give him enough screen time or personality yeah, for you care. to actually care. Yeah, exactly. I thought he was Jax. No, because I was like, where's no, no, his Jax- robot arm? No, no, Jax is in. Is it he doesn't have the robot arm yet either. But he is in the. Um, he's the guy who's going. Hey, Thonia, don't get on that boat. Thonia, That's not the same guy. No, they look completely different, man. I, I, I don't on- even look the same. I was on my phone at the time. Dude, I'm not d- racist. I was on my phone at Dude, the time. They, that's like going, getting Lawrence Fishburne and Samuel Jackson confused. They don't like th- Did you ever see the news guy who did yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my man, god, it's mate. the most awkward thing I've ever seen. Well, in you've my just life. done that. You disappoint me. Not very wise. So Johnny arrives at the docks, introduced to Art Artlene, and then Cage mistakes Liu Kang for a boss boy. So asks Liu yeah, Kang sir. to take his luggage with him for money. I liked this bit. Yeah, Liu Kang then takes the money and goes, yeah, sure, takes his luggage and dumps it in the sea. The and guy, Johnny Cage says... Oh, thank God I didn't ask him to park the car. Yeah, I liked that. The guy playing Liu Kang, has he been in... Robin Shu? Mu- yes. Yeah, has he been in much American stuff? He other was than in Dead or Alive. Has he, been he was a pirate Ameri- Is he in Iraq. any other American stuff or is it mostly Japanese stuff? Uh, mostly Hong stuff? Kong stuff. Okay, because he's um, he's definitely he's very good. He's a, he, I think yeah. he's the, probably the perfect Liu Kang. He's got a, he's got the he's got the movie star charisma yeah. and he's he's good looking in a movie star way. Yeah. I was definitely like, oh this guy's a good find. Yeah, yeah. He's absolutely perfectly cast. And actually, we'll come to Robin Shu in a little bit as well. How talented that man was, or is. He probably still, uh, no, he is, because he's still going. Sonya then chases Kano onto the boat, leaving Jax behind. How bad does Kano look? Yeah, but, uh, the, yeah, oh, I, but I do kind of love Kano in this film. Yeah. So Sonya checks out the boat. They're all now on the boat. The boat's gone off. They're going towards Shang Tsung's Island. Sonya decides to check it out. So should we point out that Raiden has explained the rules of Mortal Kombat this yeah, point? Yeah, but they don't work within the confines of I know, film. but let's just tell the audience. So basically, because tell me this isn't the worst decision an evil emperor has ever made for trying to invade somewhere. So basically there's this evil emperor called Shao Kahn who rules a land called Outworld. Yep. And he wants to invade our world. which is called Earthrealm. Yes. He wants to invade Earthrealm, but he feels like we need to have a sporting chance. I think that was actually put in place by the Elder Gods. Okay, so the Elder Gods... That's not very well mentioned in the film, though. So the Elder Gods make this decision that, basically, once in a generation, there'll be a tournament called Mortal Kombat, Mm -hmm. um, and the forces of Outworld will fight the forces of Earthrealm, and in order to have the right to invade, Shao Kahn has to win ten Mortal Combats consecutively. So, if they're only once every generation, this is like a 200 year invasion. I think somebody worked out online that it it kind of, this 10 year generational run at least, if it didn't happen beforehand, started in 1765 or something like that. Whoa. Um, So, yeah, it's it's meant to be quite. um, And Liu Kang's ancestor, Kung Lao, not the same Kung Lao from the games, weirdly enough is meant to be the previous victor. Right. Um, however, that Kong Lao will come to in a bit, because he's actually referenced in a prequel series that they made. Jesus his. Christ! Um, he's the main character of that. And he, to be fair, Liu Kang's ancestor, Kong Lao, is mentioned in the original video game as well. Mm-hmm. And then they just reused his name in the second game to introduce a new character called Kong Lao, <laughs> which isn't at all confusing. So Tonya checks out the boat, and when she goes up below deck, Shang Tsung finds her... Liu Kang and Johnny Cage, and has Sub-Zero and Scorpion go to attack them. But the attack is thwarted by Raiden electrocuting them and basically stopping the fight. Because Mortal Kombat hasn't started yet. It's cheating. How very dare he. I will say the enslaving of Sub-Zero and Scorpion, so that they're just generic ninja villains... going to say, I don't remember them being villains. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of awkward. In the first video game, Sub-Zero kind of could be... You could, you could classify him... There's, so there's two Sub-Zero's. I don't know if you're aware of this. Jesus. In, what, what, in who, the original game, Sub-Zero in the first game mm-hmm. is a different Sub-Zero to the Sub-Zero that's in number two and onwards. Right. So in the first game, that Sub-Zero is the older brother. He's a real fucking evil piece of shit. And he murdered Scorpion's family and clan is the storyline that's given in that game. Scorpion has been murdered. His clan, the Shirai Ryu, and all his family were all murdered. He comes back as a specter mm. to kill Sub-Zero and right. succeeds. In the second game, Sub-Zero returns and Scorpion is like, right, well, I, didn't, I don't know how he survived, but I'm going to kill him again. And then he finds out that this guy is actually a younger, the younger brother of the original Sub-Zero, but this guy actually spares someone's life. Mm. And he goes, right, well, this guy isn't the same as his brother, so he vows to become his protector. Right. And then they kind of have a, an on-off, uneasy friendship slash rivalry. This is a whole... There's an awful lot to the storyline of Mortal Kombat. More, and to be <laughs> fair, it's more, more than cohesive to, than it is in most other fighting more games. More than there needs to be because it's a fucking fighting game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, one thing I loved about the first Mortal Kombat game over the ones that followed it is that it followed mythology a lot more. Mm. Whereas the ones that followed went into much more of the fantasy realm. Yeah. And they are very d- closely connected. A lot of mythology is fantastical rather than realistic. But I liked the fact that there was more, f- um, more of that... Quote unquote grounded (laughs) mythology element rather than just being, oh, and we'll have this guy made of sand, or we'll have this guy made of this, or this person made of that. You know, there's actually allusions to historical things that have been stated in Earth history, even if they're, you know, known as legendary bollocks now. So, yeah, as you mentioned, for Shao Kante onto Earthrealm, we must win ten tournaments. We'll come to that at the very end of the movie, because that's broken right at the end of the film. On arriving, Liu Kang and Johnny Cage notice Katana is sat under a parasol (coughs) on Shang Tsung's Island. Sounds very pretty katana, isn't oh, she? She's very nice, very nice, very nice. Um, <laughs> um so I've got one more note just as we got here. Yes. The green screen on this island, you know, there's a shot where they're going up to the palace. Oh yes, yes. Um and Johnny Cage drops stairs, his yeah. he drops his uh, suitcase. Yeah. And the suitcase is clearly not bouncing on any stairs, it's clearly just sliding yeah. on a gr- on a green screen I'm slide. Sh- I'm sure for nineteen ninety five it probably looked pretty good. Yeah. But but this green screen does not age well. CGI does not age well. No, that's um, true. And the effects in this film, dear God. Well, I think the worst effect in this film is the one I'm about to mention. Uh, it absolutely stands as the worst effect, and it's repeated with scorpions. No, no reptile. Yes. So Samsung <laughs> then tells Reptile, "There's a statue of this uh, lizard creature." Mm. That Sung then talks to her and says, "Watch her carefully, Reptile. Keep her away from these humans." and then the statue turns into this CGI animated lizard let's be honest I thought I thought I was watching a crossover Rory <laughs> I was like hang on what is Gex Deep Cover Gecko doing in this Mortal That's Kombat not fair. movie Gex Deep Covered Gecko is much better graphics than what they did with <laughs> the Reptile in this film I tell you what this would be a better film if it had Gex in it well, I miss Gex you remember Gex we only had two games three Did he? There's three Gex games, yeah. you know more? There's (laughs) Gex 1, there's Gex Deep Cover Gecko, and there's Gex Enter the Gecko. Oh, okay. The CGI on Reptile is abysmal. The textures don't even work. Yeah. Um, I couldn't... My brain couldn't process what was going on. No, it's... The CGI is incredibly colourful. The textures they've chosen are very colourful, but they don't match. They don't seem to have... What you would classify as reptilian or skin texture? I don't understand, though. So one thing I'm going to praise the film on... Mm. Oh, I know, I'm praising the Paul Anderson film. Is they chose to go with a practical puppet effect for Goro? Yes, that was clever. Yeah, so why the fuck isn't Reptile a puppet? Reptile would have been much better as a puppet. Absolutely would have been. Why would you do puppet for one and CG for the other? They were desperate to bring CGI into films as much as possible. Mm. This is where... CGI ended up being cheaper, so a lot of TV shows and films started to employ it over model work. Yeah. Despite the fact that for the time, model work was way superior. Oh, yeah. And would be for at least another 10, 15 years. But CGI was cheaper, so we'll hire the CGI guy to make Reptile because it'll be cheaper than us building a, you know. But over time, even I can't imagine that Reptile looked good in 95. It certainly doesn't look good in 2022. Um, Yeah, awful, awful thing. Um, At dinner banquet, Shang Tsung has his minions destroy the tables to allow Sub-Zero to fight a minion. One of his minions. And here's my next point. Yep. Why the fuck is this unnamed character kicking thin air for about 30 seconds well I'm going to before add- Sub-Zero takes him out in one hit yeah he doesn't even try and attack Sub-Zero until, until yeah. Sub-Zero is ready with the ice I ball mean, I was quite interested for a moment because there was a lot of topless sweaty attractive men but you know mus- although did you notice <laughs> did you notice you probably didn't cause you probably weren't looking Uh, so there's like 20 of these (laughs) extras someone's balls no 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 there's like 20 of these extras and most of them are like ripped hard looking dudes and then there was just this one who's got a fucking pot belly like me and he's just there (laughs) he's still dressed like all the other ones but it's like hmm one of these things is not like the other (laughs) Uh, yeah they're all there with like literally like so ripped you can like see the veins in their muscles and And then there's just this fat dude yeah (laughs) chiseled men and one (laughs) tubster that's really strange (laughs) Um, I'm going to add here some of the noises he made Uh, uh. to be fair I did feel bad for him because I bet it's hard doing all that physical activity with that mask on your face that he had yeah to be fair or maybe it was just you know but yeah, this is, stuff behind him. this is pitiful, this is. Yeah. and I, I, It's I, meant to be like... I, I can tell what they were going for. They were going for that moment in Indiana Jones in the Raiders of the Lost Ark, that day that Harrison Ford had... Did you just pronounce Indiana Jones? Indiana Jones. No, I said Indiana. Indiana Jones. I'm pretty sure you... When you listen back to this in the edit, I'm pretty sure you said Indiana Jones. I think you'll Jones. find that in the edit. I will definitely oh, will. say... Indiana Jones are you uh, a are you, are you a secret toff is that what you're trying to tell Indiana. me Indiana Indiana Jones mm. well to be fair last episode you were going on about that show that you're on about with Jamie Feakston where they're all pretending, they're, oh, from East, where they're, all pretending yeah. they're from East London but they're like you get me some pims, Whitey oh no no that was Far Show oh, check me one time Whitey <laughs> Kingston style. <laughs> you know, Kingston, in Richmond upon Thames. <laughs> you, Rasclard, pills all round. <laughs> you, Rathcloud, pills so, all round. Sub Zero annihilates this guy in one hit <clears throat> by freezing him, and yep. the guy shatters. And to be fair, I'll admit, I liked this bit because. This actually brings me up to a problem with Paul Anderson, although him not writing it does help. So at this point, Shang Tsung says the famous line from the franchise. He just goes, flawless victory. Yeah. And it was very good. It's very good. I was, that, I was like, I'm not even a fan of this series, but I like that. So why the fuck, Paul Anderson, could you not put any actual fucking Resident Evil in your Resident Evil film? But you can be faithful he to Mortal Kombat. Train. He did the train. He got the train wrong. We already covered this. But he tried. Oh, to be fair, I'm going to give Paul W.S. Anderson the train, even though he got one detail of it wrong. Even give him the train. Why... The rest of the film is nothing at all to do... Like, why is... I don't understand why Mortal Kombat is fateful to the game. It's not. Is it not? No. Uh, This is one thing that I got really annoyed about people with when they used to... So, way before, like, about 10, 15 years ago, when people knew less about these, Mm. most of the people only knew the big Hollywood ones from the 90s. So Street Fighter, the movie, Super Mario Brothers, Mortal Kombat. What a great list. Uh, and they would always say that you know, Mortal Kombat was incredibly accurate. Why couldn't Super Mario Brothers be? But actually Mortal Kombat is very inaccurate to the games. Right. In a lot of ways. Um, it's at least got the characters from the games in it. Would, yeah, his yes. first Resident Evil film doesn't. I will grant you that. <laughs> yes. uh, unlike his Resident Evil, he does at least put the characters in. The characters are more interesting, probably, than what he could have done. with. But we already knew that his Resident Evil was based on a spec script. Mm. So it wasn't actually... He didn't write a Resident Evil movie. He just bastardised an existing script into one. Um, Whereas with this, it seems to have been written by someone from the ground up to be Mortal Kombat. Uh, It gets a lot more right than the Resident Evil films under um, Anderson's tenure. But, yeah, it gets an awful lot wrong. Right. Sub-Zero should have been killed by Scorpion. And Sub-Zero eventually then becomes Noob Cybot. Which is another character. In the noob Cybot. Sidebot. No, Cybot. Cybot, like yes. Cyborg. Yes. Slash Robot. So noob, noob Cybot was... Yeah, Noob Cybot. As in what you call an amateur video game yes, player. but about ten years before, the term Noob became known for that. Because t- Noob Cybot was termed because of uh, John Tobias and Ed Boone. And it was his, their na- their surnames backwards. Noob Cybot. So Boon and, and Tobias. Tobias. Oh, so Cybot's not spelt like I was picturing C Y. Oh no no, S- Cyborg. No S A I B O T. Right. Yeah. I assume are they something to do with the games? Yes. So Noob Cybot is the Black Ninja from the games, and I don't mean black skin. I mean like he's 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 literally Just a, a living shadow. Oh, I see. so he's like his outfit's black. His skin is like pure black. Everything about him is black, because he's meant to be basically just a living shadow. But he is evil to the core, but that's, again, he's the original Sub-Zero. So the original Sub-Zero should be evil. The other thing with this series, with this film, sorry, is that in the series, the idea was that only mortals could fight for Earthrealm. So technically, Raiden would have to fight for Shang Tsung's side, which, canonically, he kind of fights for his own side. In the game, if you win the first game as Raiden, and you defeat Shang Tsung... Raiden makes Earth a playground for the Elder Gods, which leads to its absolute destruction after they've you know, gone on to like enjoying themselves. It's like a child killing ants for fun. Mm. That's essentially what happens to humanity if Raiden wins the first game. Right. He wasn't the protector in that game. <laughs> that was something they added in later. He was actually stated to have been the world's protector, but got bored after nine straight losses yeah. and realised that Earth was probably screwed, so he might as well take it for himself for a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a lot darker because Raiden it? doesn't fight at all in this film, does Not he? Not really. He electrocutes a couple of people, but he doesn't actually. But he doesn't have any fight effort. in the tournament. No, no. Um, but he should have done because he's canonically be in the game. Um, so yeah, there's a few, there's a few things like that. And, and to be fair, Katana shouldn't be here. She was only in the second game onwards. Doesn't I always remembered Katana having like a monstrous? She has like a thing over her face, yep. and she pulls it down. She's got a monster mouth. No. So okay, so Katana has the same outfit. The one you're remembering is Melina, which is mm. her twin sister. That was um, it. But her twin sister was m- uh, made by a magic by Shang Tsung using Katana's DNA and mixing it with a Tarkatan, which is a Baraka-style character. Baraka's um, the dude with the blades. Yeah, and the big, horrible mouth. Mm. So she ended up having the elegance and everything of Katana, but with the horrible Tarkatan mouth, mm. which is why she covers it up with the the clip. Mm. Um, yeah, so Liu Kang and Johnny Cage... Follow Sonya to follow uh, sorry, Luke Kang, Sonya and Johnny Cage follow Shang Tsung and uh they come up against Kano eating with Goro. This was a and, gross scene. Yeah, but it was he funny. Is, he is go- he is open mouth chewing that chicken. Yeah, but so, so like, good. Oh. So good. Uh Goro reveals that he's a subterranean prince. Mm. And uh, kind of goes subterranean. You mean kind of like underground? Something, something like, like that. that. He's like, yeah. Well, I'm something of an underground prince myself, you know. Yeah. <laughs> How lucky for them. I, I do. Home. I do want to just again appreciate the fact that Goro is old school stop motion poetry. Yes. though. Yeah, he's like, really. He, good. he looks cool. I also like Shang Tsung when he uh, tells Goro that he's like, it's true, <laughs> Prince Goro. Why else would I have chosen such a disreputable-looking creedon? Look at him. No dignity. No manners. <laughs> it's, like it's proper taking the fucking piss out of Kano. And what a scumbag he is. Shang Tsung is thirsty for Sonya. On trying to leave, they make a noise. And Katana tries to show them the way out. And this is where they end up going through uh, loads of like cobwebbed back areas. And Luke Kang gets spat in the face by a reptile. Yeah. I do love one line here. Oh, when is, they this first the, is this the line I'm about to quote? It might be. What you got? So, it's around this point, Sonya says something and then walks off, and Johnny Cage says something along the lines of about she's got an amazing mind or something. you got to admire her. When she sets her mind on something... It's not her mind you're admiring. It's true. It's true, yeah. (laughs) Um, There's another one here. Oh, objectification. Oh, absolutely. Well, here's another one. So (laughs) when Liu Kang sees Katana trying to show them the way through the catacombs... I think she's trying to help us. I think you're hard up for a date. Yeah, yeah, I remember that line. Johnny (laughs) Cage has the best lines in this film, other than maybe Shang Tsung. They end up, because of getting lost in the catacombs, they end up back at Goro's dinner table, but Goro and... Kano and Shang Tsung have now fled and they end up fighting loads of minions mm. and you know what that means don't you? <laughs> <laughs> it was one. It was one thing when it, this film did it at the beginning yep. it does it about five times throughout the film yep well I'll mention every one of them <laughs> <laughs> Liu Kang fights his first enemy at the tournament now. So you've got that tiger growling raster that you were talking about that isn't named, mm. does, and isn't actually from the games. He wins, so Shang Tsung takes the guy's soul. Not Lu Kang, it's the other guy. Yep. Shang Tsung calls fatality, but Lu Kang never actually performs one. So No, I know. And so I think the fatality is Shang Tsung taking the soul, Win. but that's actually not for him to call no I know so yeah this so this is where we start getting to the point where they've established the rules of the tournament to a degree but those rules don't fit in with what happens in the film and actually a lot of the stuff they call out is absolutely wrong even yeah. in the in the light version of what would be the game's fight rules mm, I've got another bad line here okay please do so obviously here we get the first finish him don't we yes uh, he says finish him and then so they fight yep And it ends with her trapping Kano in a leg scissor. You've got that down, yeah, same one. (laughs) Right, finish him. No, 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 don't. Oh, give me a break. Okay. And then brutally snaps this dude's neck. She's the only one who does a fatality. Yeah, she's the only hero who does a fatality. So actually, this film does a great disservice to her by literally after this point, she just becomes damsel in distress. Yeah. And it's like, fuck that. Let's have this bitch shaving everyone. I did find it dissatisfying how one-sided the Kano versus Sonya fight was, though. Oh, she it, kicks the shit out of him. Yeah, but there was, like, the thing... Kano's is... Is meant to be terrifying. Like, he's, he's actual... Yeah, but the guy's playing him like a joke. No, but that's the, that's kind of part of the point. He's almost a bit Joker-esque. Mm. You know, there's the, he is a kind of a, a bit of a laugh, but when you get to the point where he's in a battle, he's... Unbelievable. Like, the, the, the whole way he tries to cheat by bringing the knife to the fire, yeah. that's perfect Kano. There right. should have been more of that. The other problem with this film that is, because we're about to get about 15 rushed battle scenes in a row. Yes. Um, yeah, this, this part's going to start going really quite yeah. quickly. So the pro- <laughs> the pro- but the, this is where the film also becomes boring. Because here's right. the problem. The fights are all very one-sided. It's always very clear who's going to win. Yeah. Um, And this is what happens when in a film about a fighting tournament, the fighting tournament doesn't start until an hour into the movie. Yeah, they have to push through the fights ASAP. Now, I don't necessarily mind the quick-cutting nature of it, but I do agree with you that the one-sided nature of the fights tends to get a bit dull. Mm. There's a couple of fights that I think are better than others. Yeah. But in general, and I'll come to, and actually, I can tell you which fights those are. Mm. It's the second half of the scorpion fight when they're going we'll to the Neverhe world. Yeah. Yep, And it's the reptile fight. Those two are the best fights. They're also the only fights not choreographed by the fight choreographer. Right. They were choreographed after the whole film was finished by Robin Shu, because the fight choreographer wasn't available anymore, mm. and Robin Shu was. And therefore, in those two fight scenes, he introduced wire work, yes, which would later be used in the Matrix. But this is the first Hollywood movie that employed wire work martial arts. That can't be the first Hollywood big budget production that used wire work martial arts. I thought Bruce Lee did a bunch of wire work. Yeah, but he's not Hollywood. I thought he went to Hollywood and did some Hollywood films. Not as wire work. What? Why did they meet him in? Once upon a time in Hollywood. I need to learn history about Bruce Yeah, yeah. I Um, I mean, I wouldn't take anything Quentin Tarantino does as factually accurate either. No, it's stylized. I'm not slating Tarantino, but he makes very stylized movies. Um, I mean, he he kills Hitler. Yes. At and a completely inopportune, yeah. like, unfactually accurate uh, moment. He's built his own cannon, yeah. basically. I didn't understand why the first two fights in this tournament seemed to be official fights. You know, Shan Tsung is there refereeing, essentially. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Johnny Cage just fights Scorpion in some woods somewhere. Yeah, it just ends up no in audience. the woods. Yeah, yeah. there seems to be no actual official there to, yeah. to, to designate you, it. You are right. Like, <laughs> once they went into the hell world thing, yeah. that was. That was probably my favourite fight in the film. It's a much better fight, it, isn't it? it had... It, it, that was the part where I was watching it and I was going, Bruce Campbell should play this character. Yeah. Because it gave me an Army of Darkness feel to it. Because it's a very goofy fight. Yeah. Like, they're using lots of the things around them to fight. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as opposed to just straight punches and but kicks. it's so much more He's interesting than the, the first half, isn't it? The yeah. The first half of the fight in the woods, bear in mind that that fight was supposed to end when Linda Nashby's Johnny Cage... Jump kicked Scorpion, Mm. but what they did in the film was they added this terrible post-production warping effect to get them to the Netherrealm for the added scene. But bear in mind that it would have ended on that jump kick. Yeah, that would have been Johnny Cage's win. How lame would that fight have been yeah. without that? Like that first half. First actually, half I'd gonna... actually prefer to have lost that first half and just start in the nether yeah. realm. Because actually, we're wrong. Johnny Cage does a fatality. He cuts Scorpion's head in half. Yes, he does, but he's already dead. But Scorpion's <laughs> not human, so it didn't well, feel. He, as... he was human. Uh, <laughs> he's now a dead spectre. But I mean, the thing is, they now introduce the nether realm, and they showcase Johnny's Johnny Cage's um, Mortal Kombat Two friendship finisher. Which is where he signs the autograph to my biggest fan. That's actually an official ending you can do to a character as Johnny Cage in the second game. That's his friendship move. They added more than just fatalities in the second one. The Netherrealm is awesome, though. I will. uh, Here's a potential for worst line. There's only so many times you can hear "Get over here." So in this game, get down here, get down here, which is a terrible use of the line. Get down here! It only needed that one time in the forest where he says, get over here. You didn't need it. Yeah, Or it would have been better if he said, get over here in the Realm fight and they cut the forest fight because the forest fight was terrible. True, true. Um, most of it wasn't even a fight. It was just a CGI... Tentacle. Thing. Tentacle thing shooting out. Yeah. They completely fucked up the kunai, which is the, the normal spear that. Say, I thought in the games it was just like a dagger thing yeah, on a it's... chain. Well, that's the thing, it's based on a real weapon. Called... Mm. Well, it's actually a farming implement, the kunai. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was. Fuck are you farming with that deadly ass thing? You swing it round to chop the tops off your, your wheat. <laughs> Fucking hell, that's brilliant. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Well, bear in mind, we used the scythe for that, which is now the symbol of death. Oh yeah. So wow. it's it's not unusual that what we would use for farming has become known for something else. But yeah, that was what the kunai was initially for. And in the games, again, they use that as a spear. Mm. Whereas in this, they've made it into some tentacle monster. It's some thing. living thing, isn't it? Yeah, that and then with its a head, mouth. Yeah, and its head comes off when it lands into a tree. Mm. and he pulls it back but it, it leaves the head stuck in the tree yeah. um, it's terrible and it makes no sense and I think it's literally they couldn't be bothered to look up what that weapon was supposed yeah. to be so they just made it magic because why not and it, again it's CGI so it looks awful because the CGI in this film is terrible he defeats Scorpion with the harpoon he blocks Scorpion's fatality Scorpion pulling his mask off and burning someone as his fatality. He defends himself with a shield and then throws a harpoon and then he uses the razor edge of the shield to chop Scorpion's head in half and then Scorpion just explodes for some reason. Pointless. But you do get the friendship finisher, as I say. Yeah. Then you get a meaningless fight. A completely pointless fight. It it's not done... against Katana. Yeah. Now... Which is just done so she can give him a hint on how to beat yeah, Sub-Zero. Yeah, it's just exposition. But I actually think that reduces Liu Kang's... Smart, so it would yeah. have been better if he'd figured it out for himself during the battle. Yeah. But instead, he's just got to figure out the. the and also, if to be fair, g- don't get wrong, she was very pretty, but I've no clue why Katana was in this film. She didn't need to be in other it at than all. I can candy. No, I think they added the scene just to give her something to do. But the thing is, she says to him, like she gives him a clue: use the element that brings life. And like oxygen, it could, <laughs> it's, it's much quicker for you to go use water against Sub Zero. Mm. Cheers. It's like, and also, like he. Shang Tsung calls the fire and just goes, I'm very disappointed. Like, yeah, no one you... wins. Yeah, no one wins. No one has fatality. No one does anything. And also, Shang Tsung calls the match early, doesn't declare a winner, and just says he's disappointed. But the whole film, he's had Reptile make sure that Liu Kang and Katana can't meet. mm so he puts them in a fight together? Yeah. Makes no sense. They could chop that scene and you'd lose nothing. No. Except for the fact that now you've got that mind hint in the Sub-Zero fight of use the element that uses this more This is actually my last note that I made, which okay. was that the second half of the film becomes quite dull because it's just fight after fight after fight. Sure. So we end up with a real fight with Liu Kang versus Sub-Zero. I find Sub-Zero's waddle down the stairs at the beginning of the fight yeah. quite funny. Yeah, why was he so a weird... Was- he's walking like he's got rickets. Yeah, he's it, rickets and right, like, wa- waving his hips. He's his like, hips. Oh, can we re-edit it so it's playing Shakira's hips don't lie my, yes. as he calms down? Uh, well, obviously being a podcast, we don't have video, but we'll have to do that. I'll like, just put that on like a, a TikTok or something. Don't lie. He's just wobbling his hips. He's 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 looking for a he's looking for a pay rise. <laughs> Sub Zero does a wall backflip in this fight, which I think is very well done. And Sub Zero's ice ball is cheesy because again, it's a CGI effect, so yeah. it doesn't really work very well visually. Luke Kang throws the bucket of water. It turns into the water comes out, turns into an ice spirit, impels Sub Zero to death, and he yeah. freezes in place as his death, which. I don't know why ice would affect a man who is in control of ice, but apparently that's... But it's like the fire... Scorpion uses fire as his finisher, but fire kills him. It's done. So, now we get to Goro. We're getting towards the end of this now. So, Goro is basically challenging hundreds of people and killing them all in quick succession. Just throw. It's essentially men just being thrown on the floor one after the other. This was hilarious as well. Goro... So, there's a big build-up to Goro coming out for his match against... What was his name? Artline? Artline. And there's all this big build-up where this, this huge circular door opens, and Goro's there, and he's like, Ugh! and all the crowd, like, Goro's standing there, he's basically doing, like, a wrestler's entrance. Yeah. Like, he's taking his time, walking to the ring. All the crowd are like whoa, Goro, yeah, whoa. Mm. Art Lean somehow doesn't realise he's fighting Goro until yeah. Goro's right next to him, and then he looks at him and he's like, whoa? Considering so many people are watching Art Lean's fight, you would imagine that he would have watched any one of the previous hundreds of contestants mm. and gone, oh, fuck, that's Goro. But mm. he doesn't. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to sit on the spot doing some catters, you know, getting myself ready and prepped up. Then turns out, oh, my God. It's like where have you been the last hundred fights are yeah. like, you too busy dude, washing your feet in the sand what are you doing so yeah we now come to Art Lean and oh my god I've put him as Mr Nobody slash who he fights Goro and here's the important part with this fight there's no limb rip fatality just a punch in the face as you mentioned and his soul is then stolen yeah, by Shang Tsung. but the build up to it like, it's forget the a, game forget that it's based on a game if this was just a film yeah. the build up with Goro slowly picking him up and lifting him into the build up is that he should either rip his head off or his limbs or something there like should it, be something tragic it should be gory Yeah, and it's the it's not even a punch to the face it's he's like kind the, of on his shoulder upper or, chest yeah, he kind of goes I mean I guess what it's supposed to be is he's hit him so hard it's crushed his chest I'm guessing but it doesn't it, have that impact because it's a, one of the failure of it being a puppet Is it doesn't feel like there's any power behind the hit. I think if they directed, kind of goes. "Mm." I'm going to be clear. If they directed it better, it probably would have worked. But it didn't, and there was no visible effect. Because the thing is, is just before he gets his soul stolen, he's still kind of breathing okay. If you've got to go with a chest punch, hit at the very minimum. He needs to cough up some blood when you hit him. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Put some blood caps in his mouth. Hit him. Yeah, at the very least, but there's no blood at all in this film. No, there is. Shang Tsung gets his lips split at the very final oh, fight oh, and he goes you fool which is like but yes, the whole just, point of the fight is to hurt you yes so. I know this is skipping ahead a bit yeah. but do you know you know, when he, do you know the look he does once his yeah. lips split? do you know what pops through my head no Ben Stiller in Dodgeball when he goes nobody makes me bleed my own blood it <laughs> absolutely is that though I think that yeah so okay so this G- Goro versus Art Lean fight after that he's stolen the soul and was like no and then Shang Tsung goes Flawless victory. There is no flawless victory. No, Artlean hits Goro a few times. Okay, so in Mortal Kombat, when you do a strike, obviously you lose health mm. if you get struck. If you block and you get struck, you lose almost no health, but you lose a bit. Mm. So you'll never. If you get, if you block a, a, an attack, you're not flawless. You still won't win flawless. You've got to make sure you get through without ever being hit. In this, Artlean hits Goro three times, straight clear shots mm. to the chest, body. I think one to the face. So he does two punches and a jump kick. All three land. And then he does two block strikes. Now, that's not a lot. That wouldn't win you a match. Mm. And no wonder he loses to Goro. But the point is that's not a flawless victory. Yeah. Absolutely not a flawless victory. So no Shang Tsung. That's, that's not how that works. Shang Tsung should have gone to Saver. He should have done. Raiden reveals that they can win still, except against their own fears. Uh, so he gives them a little prep talk. Uh, it's not really... Anything of value. Oh yes, he also tells so this might have been a little bit earlier. You remember I mentioned that Ah! from Lu Kang's brother in his dream? Mm. There's a point where he talks to Lu Kang about his vengeance, goes, I am responsible for Chen's death. No. Every mortal is responsible for his own destiny. Chen believed this. Why can't you? Ah! He doesn't look like a man ready to accept his own destiny. Cage tells Sonya he's going to challenge Goro because suddenly he loves Sonya. There's been no build-up to this. I mean, other than he was admiring not her mind. (laughs) Yeah, but he was admiring not everyone's mind, including Katana. And also, there's been no romance between these two. He goes up to Sonya, I can't let what happened to Airtleen happen to you, not you like, you make it sound like there's been a long-going romance that we should be involved mm. in, but this has just come out of nowhere. And to be fair to her, she's like, don't you dare make this about me, Johnny Cage. And you're like, well, yeah, like, who the fuck are you, Johnny Cage? Right I'm, I miss this bit. You're asleep, were you? Shang Tsung agrees to Cage's challenge on the proviso that he can challenge the winner... Or someone else of his choosing. Yeah. Like, why would Johnny Cage agree? to? Like, this was one of my big problems. Because he just wants to kill Goro to save his friends. Yeah, but but it's such a selfish thing. Yeah. Like, it's really selfish. And Raven obviously comes in slightly too late. Yeah. And he's like, no, what are you doing? The thing is, I think it was meant to be selfless, which is where the film doesn't really get at what it's, yeah. it's actually doing. So I think it's meant to be like, I, will, I don't mind sacrificing myself to save my friends. Yeah, it would have been selfless but if they were like, if, if Shang Tsung's deal was I can challenge you, yeah. that would be selfless. Yeah, but it's the... It's and that would have been a cool way else. to kill Johnny Cage, if you're going to kill him. <sighs> so Cage challenges Goro, and right at the opening of the match, when you think, you know, Goro's going to probably take him out, Cage does his split punch and punches him square in the pataks. The patax? Yes. I believe you mean nuts. Yes, I call them the pataks. Knackers. That's, that's a, a name of an Indian sauce brand. Which is quite nutty. <laughs> anyway, he runs away. Goro gives chase and the two climb up a couple of walls until Cage is trapped at a cliff edge. Oh yeah, Goro breaks Johnny Cage's sunglasses before he does that. Mm. And then they, he punches him in the nuts and they give chase. I we to get a call back in a minute. Yeah, and he goes, those were $500 sunglasses, asshole. And then he kicks him off the cliff. And says... No. Did you not write down the call back? No. He says, this is the part where you fall down. Oh! Yeah. There you go. No, I missed that. He said it to the stuntman earlier. Yes, he did. So Shang Tsung immediately challenges Sonya and kidnaps her, runs off with her to Outworld. Raiden reveals that if Sonya refuses the fight, then there will be no final combat. That seems to be a bit shaky because Raiden's just like, if he does, she doesn't accept, then it there's forfeits, no final. Yeah. yeah, it's there's no final combat. But if she doesn't accept, then Shang Tsung states later on in the film that he would win automatically. So surely Raiden wouldn't want her to refuse, but. Mm. Who knows? Liu Kang and Johnny Cage appear in Outworld because apparently Raiden can't follow them there for some unknown reason. For plot! (laughs) For plot. And for cost. We can't afford Mm. Christopher Lambert for more days. (laughs) Liu Kang realises that they're being followed by Reptile, so grabs the somewhat invisible CGI cretin and throws him into a carcass... That starts to grab him and eat him. I've got to admit, this next bit I did not understand at all. I really stopped paying attention Right, so allow me to ask... reptile turns into a human, into a green version of Scorpion, doesn't he? A green ninja, which is what he was in the games. Right, but then he turns back into a statue when they kill him? Yes, so here's the explanation for that. Originally, there was no Liu Kang versus reptile fight. What, in the film? In the film. It was meant to be, Liu Kang grabs reptile, throws him into the monster thing, chest, Mm -hmm. and it basically gets eaten by and consumed by the monster chest and then the monster chest collapses. But it was never supposed to turn into a human. In fact, there's a a precursor to this when you look at another one of those just a few minutes earlier and there's like a dead body in there, Mm. inside the dead body's chest. So apparently these things eat whatever this lizard reptile creature is. Mm. However, because there wasn't enough this is where Robin Shu had to go and do some reshoots and some, like, basically choreographed new fights, mm-hmm. and one of them was the Reptile and Liu Kang battle, which is why I don't think Johnny Cage was there, because it's like, one each. But also, you can tell by the editing, when you have that in mind and you watch it back, it's clear that when Katana goes, you are learning Liu Kang... It's like, well, he's done fights before, what's she talking about? It's the fact that he could spot Reptile mm. and immediately kills Reptile within five seconds. Which is like, Oh, you're learning. But where they've now chopped in another fight, the line doesn't really work anymore. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, you're learning. I've been fighting dudes all over the place. What are you on about? <laughs> so, I've been fighting bitches all day. Exactly. So yeah, so that's there's a couple of points where you can tell where they've had to edit in extra scenes. Though what I will say is the Liu Kang versus Reptile fight is the best fight in the film for me. It is very close between that and the second half of the Scorpion fight. Again, the two fights by Robin Shu And Liu, Qing, Liu, Qing? Liu Kang wins the fight with his Mortal Kombat 2 bicycle kick. Katana appears and explains why Outworld is a dump because of Shao Kahn. And then we find Sonya chained up in a leather dress that's never in the games and we have no idea where this has come from. Yeah. For some reason... He's, Shang Tsung has had her changed into a leather dress. Now, the chaining her up inside his lair yeah. kind of works as a reference. In Mortal Kombat 2, Sonya and Kano were chained up in Shao Kahn's palace. Right. That's the final level. So they're in the background, but they're not playable. So I think that's what that's a callback to. But both of them were in their normal Mortal Kombat 1 outfits. So was, again, there's still no, not even as a reference, there's still no reason for her to be changed into a leather dress. Monks come in and form a circle around the Mortal Kombat logo. Cage, Liu Kang, and Katana then reveal themselves as three of the monks. And Katana berates Shang Tsung into calling a challenge for someone other than Sonya. Yeah. Liu Kang challenges Shang Tsung, and Shang Tsung accepts. So guess what happens now? Mortal Kombat! (laughs) I should have known that was coming. (laughs) Shang Tsung notices he's bleeding after getting punched in the face by Liu Kang, and goes, you fool! Even though that's exactly what he's supposed to be doing. Liu Kang defeats some goons that Shang Tsung conjures out of the ground And then we get to the point that actually makes a bit of sense He runs up, well kind of no sense but also all the sense Liu Kang runs up the stairs to face off with Shang Tsung And Shang Tsung turns into Liu Kang's younger brother Because he's got Chan's soul Yeah, And he says to Liu Kang I forgive you for letting me die In which case Liu Kang responds with Chan chose his own path Every man is responsible for his own destiny. And I want to respond to that with... (laughs) Again, not a man who seemed to have chosen his own destiny. No, Uh, Liu Kang then knocks Shang Tsung into the pit of spikes and wins. And on finishing Shang Tsung on the spikes, self-declares... Flawless victory. And no, it wasn't. It fucking wasn't. Number of strikes on Liu Kang... From Shang Tsung, Clear strikes not blocked. Eight. Mm. So there's eight clear strikes on Liu Kang. His life bar would be at least half depleted. Then you've got eleven blocked strikes, and none mm. of this includes the minions that halfway through the fight that Shang Tsung yeah. conjures. That's just Shang Sung's strikes on Liu Kang, not including extras. Yeah. So he's already he's taken nineteen hits, eleven of them blocked, eight of them clear. And that is not a Flawless Victory. It's yeah. bullshit. It just sounds like someone learnt the term Flawless Victory was in the game and just went, eh, we'll use that then. Yeah. Flawless Victory. Yeah. Fatality. Which they never used Fatality. Oh no, they did, didn't they? Yes. But it wasn't, yeah, it was wrong again. So all of Shang Tsung's souls leave his dead body in like a soul nado, yeah. And Liu's brother Chan comes back, gives him a nice loving meth- message and leaves. And this is where we start the music from Orbital which is a fucking tune. I don't know what that is. You don't know the band Orbit, dude. All right, can't huh? I? It- no, okay, it's, it's, like a, okay, it's not you like I just you just said s- I don't know Elvis Presley. You need to start listening to real music. You told me you listen to emo for a while, so you can listen to real music, which oh. is electronic dance music. Fuck, no, I hate electronic music. There's nothing wrong with electronic it's music. The, it's the literal only genre of music I don't like how is like edm house music that sort what's of what's wrong with that uh, so that's okay i, so don't know, I just don't now like i know it. why you don't like mortal kombat the movie because it's full of edm music and yeah that's the one thing that put me which off. is <laughs> one of the greatest genres and absolutely smashes what, what, it in this what, film. one of the genres most filled with talentless hacks what like who well i can't name it, name I a know. talentless hack swedish house mafia okay i think pendulum how are they hacks? I don't know, I'm just being controversial. You're just naming things. Yeah, because I don't know him. I can I name you a tantrum My I, Chemical I, Romance. I just don't... Hey. <laughs> 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 I just don't like the genre. It doesn't no, appeal fair to tough. me. That's fair. There's no lyrics half the time, for starters. But there doesn't have to be. No, no, I need lyrics in a song. Mate. How am I meant to... How s- do you live without trance music? Uh, because trance music's... A, because, because this isn't the 90s, I'm not high on LSD in a nightclub. Right, so why do people still listen to shitty emo music? Because you don't need to be high on LSD. No, you need to be depressed, but... which I am. <laughs> no, you need to be fake depressed. Which <laughs> be, so, it's basically... so. Anyway, let's...
1: <laughs> anyway. We'll
0: carry on. No, I'm going to burn you. Uh, so... <laughs> If they ever make a video game film with emo music in it, it will literally be the worst video game movie ever made. (laughs) my (laughs) opinion. So I understand where you're coming from, Mm. not liking this film, since it's full of EDM music. Orbital is one of the greatest EDM acts. Right. And they're not talentless hacks. And they've actually done quite a lot of really cool stuff, but one of their best songs, one of their best-known songs, was at the end of this film. So... Is that the one that shouts Mortal come? No, 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 no. That's by the Immortals. That's a different thing. We'll come to the Immortals in a minute. As they're walking off, Raiden goes, hey, I've got to tell you guys something. You guys were great. I'm like, thanks, I couldn't live without that. Yeah, this but immortal god puts his arms around them like they're his best buddy. Yeah, body. hey, I've got friends. You're not desperate for friends at all. All that reminds me mm-hmm. about they... Sorry, what? there was a new Doctor Who on last night I need to catch up with it dude that's not real Eve of the Daleks was on Star Trek is real sure no I'm joking (laughs) it could be real I sent you a Doctor Who song did you listen to it Uh, no I didn't I forgot you need to click it and listen to it I will do You'll, you'll be happy to know it's actually an EDM track. <laughs> it's an electronic dance track by the KLF under their previous name, the Time Lords. I don't know, I don't know what KLF is. The KLF, they're an awesome house band. They created their own subgenre called Stadium House. Nice. nice. Um, anyway, let's move on. So, yeah, so Shao Kahn then appears after all this. Making the entire ten tournaments premise a complete waste of time. Yes. Well, that I tell you what that clearly was, unless you're about to contradict me. No. Because I think that was the same trick New Line Cinema pulled against Wes Craven in Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street was meant to end with Freddy being defeated and that's it. Yep. And they forced Wes Craven to add in that bit where the car is Freddy. And then, do you remember when the... I haven't seen it. We watched it together, dipshit. Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh shit! Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah they yeah. get in the car and it seals itself and it becomes Freddy. Yeah, doesn't it? yeah. and then Freddy's arm comes out the window and, and drags her mum in <laughs> with the really um, bad dummy. Yeah, New Line yeah. Cinema made Wes Craven add that to leave open the possibility for sequels. Sure, this feels very much like something so, that was stuck in. Yep. So in the original script, that didn't happen yeah. yep, So yeah, it was, it. it was added in last minute, and but it completely distra- derails the plot. It completely derails. The, any of this build-up, it has no real build-up to it. Do you happen to remember Does not? Anni- no, it doesn't. Does Annihilation pick up where that left off yes. or does it ignore that? No, bit? no, straight away. Right. It picks up straight away and kills Johnny Cage within five seconds. Really? Yeah, Johnny Cage is killed within five seconds because they couldn't get the actor, they just killed him. But they replace Sonya and keep Sonya through it as a different actor. So it's... Uh, yeah, the only people that return for the second film is Robin Shu's as Liu Kang and uh Soto as oh. um, Katana. Excellent. Um, however, everyone else is different. Right. Um, Jaxi's a completely different guy. Um, Raiden's different? Raiden's different. Raiden is played by James Remar. Oh, yes, I like James Remar. Yeah, so he plays Raiden in it. Though they cut his hair and make him look like just a dude. Mm. Like, they don't make him look like Raiden at all. Right. He opens up dressed like Christopher Lambert. And then within five seconds, he's killed and then comes back as a younger looking version of himself with short, spiky hair and like cargo trousers. And you're like, how are you, Raiden? (laughs) That's not what Raiden looks like. So that's the film. Obviously, we get the Mortal Kombat and you get the the credits music. (laughs) Absolutely. Now, do you want to hear some trivia for this film? Yeah, go on. Some of it's kind of important for culture. Oh. The producers were rejected by Sony and Virgin Records for the soundtrack. They wanted to use electronic dance music EDM, your favorite genre, whereas record companies insisted on having popular artists like Van Halen and Janet Jackson. So the producers went with a small record label called TVT Records instead, and in less than 2 weeks, the Mortal Kombat album became the first platinum recorded EDM track, the uh, EDM, EDM record album. in history. Wow. So it has some clobber with the electronic dance scene, which, again, with you not being a fan of electronic dance, (laughs) is probably why you kind of missed it. I put in here that Kano's origin is odd, because in the first three games, Mortal Kombat 1, 2, and 3, the premise of Kano was that he was a black Japanese-American. The game makers love Trevor Goddard's performances, Kano, in this so much that they made him Australian instead. Yeah, because I actually know another piece of trivia here. Well, Goddard was British and used a Cockney accent, yeah. but at his audition he claimed to be Australian for some reason. So I think they just went, oh, it's got to be an Australian accent because he's an Australian actor. But Trevor Goddard was British and was putting on a Cockney accent mm. instead. But for some reason claimed he was Australian, apparently. Yeah. So it's kind of a bit of a confusing thing. The Cage versus Scorpion fight originally ended in the forest with the flying kick. Lou versus Reptile originally only had Reptile become embedded in the corpse to die and not morph into a humanoid. The Netherem and this Reptile fight were added after test audiences thought that the film was light in fight scenes. Mm. So it was actually test audiences that said it needed more fights. You can never trust a test audience. Yeah, I've never heard many occasions when a test audience got it right, though it could be, I mean, to be fair, it could just be that we normally only hear of when they get it wrong. There was two scripted references that weren't then filmed. Art Lean was apparently meant to be buried under Kung Lao's tomb, but that never got made. And Sonya was meant to fight Jade, who was another character from Mortal Kombat 2, but that, again, never actually ended up getting filmed. It opened up to a $23.3 million weekend, the second biggest August opening at the time. Jesus. So it was a massive hit. There's six symbols on the walls during the reptile fight, mm. which were actually a code for Mortal Kombat 3. Once you'd selected your character on Mortal Kombat 3, you'd get like a profile picture of each combatant, like, versus. And at the bottom, you'd have six different blocks that each player could control three of them. Mm. And you could turn them into like a question mark, the MK logo and stuff like that. If you put in the code from the reptile fight, it would switch your characters to another random character when the actual fight started. Okay, Such a weird idea, but (laughs) put it in there. Kari Hiroyuki Togawa replies his Shang Tsung role in Mortal Kombat Legacy Season 2 and in Mortal Kombat 11. Mortal Kombat 11 also included skins for Christopher Lambert Lyndon Ashby and Bridget Wilson, who played Sonya. Uh, So Johnny Cage, Raiden and Sonya, their movie look from this film are now available to play as DLC in Mortal Kombat 11. Now, there are images that exist of Sonya fighting a monk, but there are no script or info references to this. Mm. People have looked through different scripts and stuff like that. It's never written for Sonya to fight a monk, by the looks of it. But there are photos of the fight taking place, so I don't know if they were just staged shots potentially for for other stuff, but for publicity or something. Yeah, the Immortals released an album of themes for the different characters, and it's awesome. I sent you, on one of your Facebook posts, I gave you a link to a Spotify playlist with those tracks on them. They are excellent tracks, but only if you like EDM. I didn't realise you hated EDM, so (laughs) you probably won't get as much out of it as I do, but they are pretty good tracks. And then an album called Mortal Kombat, More Combat, followed in 1996, because the soundtrack sold so bloody well, they decided to make a sequel soundtrack. (laughs) <laughs> which was full of more EDM music. Then Mortal Kombat Annihilation released, and with its soundtrack in 1997. Again, more EDM music. Now, this is the weird bit. There was another movie released in 1998 for the film Mortal Kombat Resurrection, which had more EDM music that would be featured in the Mortal Kombat Resurrection movie from 1998. However, the movie was never made... Nor was it ever released, but, the but they released the soundtrack, right? which I'm guessing was just a, a way to cash in on the popularity of the Mortal Kombat soundtracks. But yeah, so essentially the third Mortal Kombat movie of this trilogy never ended up getting made, but the soundtrack is out there for you to download. Because Annihilation tanked. Annihilation tanked so hard. I mean, if you think the CGI's is bad in this... Whoo, Yeah, so that's that's all I've got on Mortal Kombat 1995. So let's shall we get to final thoughts. First of all, do we think there's any lines in here that we can use for worse lines? I think Raiden's continuous. I don't think so. Should be. I don't think so because it's used repetitively. It's used as much as your soul is mine. Except your soul is mine works as a line and I don't think so, doesn't it? No, I don't think that I don't think you can class that as worst line. Definitely not not on the level of some of the worst lines we've had so far. Okay. I'd I'd be more tempted to go for Subterranean. What's that? Something like underground? That's exactly what subterranean means. It's like yeah. he's acting like he doesn't know what it means, but then he says exactly what, what it, it means. Yeah, no, fair. Um, enough. And and he's doing the line whilst having a mouthful of turkey leg. <laughs> you really don't like the fact that he's talking with his mouthful. It's rude. It, well, he's there. Yeah, that's <laughs> why Goro's so angry disgusting. with us. Yeah, he, he hates him. Yeah, I think that's probably the the worst line. Okay. So then the other thing is, would you recommend the film? Oh. oh see I still want to say no why wouldn't you recommend it? Um, I, I definitely wouldn't recommend it to a generic movie goer okay maybe to fans of the game although I didn't realise how inaccurate it was I thought it was a lot more accurate um, certainly more t- accurate than other Anderson films and I would recommend it to the kinds of people who enjoy you know, the kinds of people who really enjoy cheesy B movies yes. like the sorts of people who will watch like sci-fi original movies and yeah, stuff that's me <laughs> <laughs> um, I would recommend it to them. Maybe it's cheesy. The problem is, the problem is that the first half is it's it's cheesy and bad, but it's fun. Once it just becomes, and I don't think the fights are good enough to justify the focus on them in the second half. Okay, which is ironic for a fighting series yeah. movie. But that this, version, is, yeah. I I do think we'll discover as we go through these films. I don't think I'm going to think very highly of any of the ones that are based on fighting games. Well, I told you about King of Fighters. How can you not, like. Because I just. I don't think that that's an ideal format on which to base a film. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll come to those when we get to them, but yeah, I see your point. There's not really much plot to derive. Most, I mean, to be fair, even within the games, Mortal Kombat is probably the exception in this, actually. But Street Fighter, for example, the story's all over the show across the series because it doesn't really matter. And the same with Tekken. The story doesn't really matter because it's just a fighting game. Dead or Alive, certainly the story is. i, I played an there's awful a, lot of... There's a story of, in Dead or Alive? There is. I've played all the Dead or Alive games and all their story modes. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't make much sense because I it seem, doesn't matter like, you're not been, buying Dead or Alive for I seem in to depth. have been distracted from the story but somehow that, but that's the point isn't it it's like, I can't imagine you're, why you're not buying Dead or Alive for it's award winning story writing I'm buying it for Jiggle Physics it, absolutely and and to be fair ample uh, <laughs> so but yeah so when it comes to that film that's something that we're going to have to take into account mm. and also with King of Fighters that's a 2D fighting game very similar to the original Street Fighter movies, uh, Street Fighter games. sorry mm. and as it was by SNK, it was the main rival to Street Fighter. And there's not really any story there of any relevance. So, obviously, adapting that to a film is very difficult. It will also be interesting to see what we think of Mortal Kombat 2021 um, yeah. as an adaptation. The other thing I would say, this actually, there kind of is a trilogy for this film. Mm. Even though it's kind of, it is and it isn't. You've got Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and you've got a prequel series called Conquest. Mortal Kombat Conquest, which I also have, which will be... Interesting to watch, but I'll be honest—that's cheesier than this. Please, God, tell me "Conquest" is spelt with a K. I would love to tell you that, but unfortunately, they missed the bloody trick. That would be so fucking. Fun. It's "Conquest" with a C, oh. and it's it's such a missed opportunity because yeah. whenever you can put a K in it, yeah, special K. Would I recommend this film? Yes. I mean, I recommended Resident Evil, and that's not as fun as this film, in my opinion. I am a fan of Mortal Kombat. Maybe that helps. So it does mean that I'm more aware of inaccuracies mm. on it, like you are more aware of inaccuracies in Resident Evil films. Not that exactly... Uh, you're, you're stretching the boundaries there with Resident Evil films. They are way inaccurate. This is only at least a bit inaccurate, but I would recommend it. It's good fun. I love the soundtrack. EDM soundtrack is incredible. Again, I understand why, if you're not a fan of EDM, why mm. you wouldn't like it. This is an incredible film, and I think it's the... It, I Honestly other than maybe Dead or Alive, it's definitely the best video game adaptation Paul W.S. Anderson has done. It's better than the Resident Evil movies I've seen. Is this the only Paul Anderson video game film to not have Mila Jovovich in it? It is, yeah, because the second one is Resident Evil. Though they weren't married at that point. No, they got married uh, after after the first one. Yeah, so they're technically not married in that one either, but but it's obviously where they met and you know got friendly. So, I'd recommend... You might recommend to fans, or are you, you're gonna you're gonna go to, with them maybe for fans, or you're gonna go to, with them to, to fans and to people who enjoy cheesy B movies. Cool. So but we got not, a, we got a, a, our first yellow from you, which not, is a, not to a mainstream, audience. not a mainstream audience. I would recommend it for a bit of fun because sometimes you just got to have some fun. Mm. Cool. Well, that's Mortal Kombat. Please tune in to our show and share it with all your friends via www.vgmovie.co.uk we've got all of the upcoming stuff there. Please join our Discord. That's becoming a lot more active now, uh, which is great. We obviously as active as possible would be better, but we're really starting to see a little bit more pick up there. We're getting a little bit more listener base. So please keep sharing with friends uh and family if you think there's family that would enjoy this. We're going to got a lot more stuff to cover. Next week we're going to be covering Captain N, the game master, which I had to import from America, so We'll see how that Captain goes. Captain N. Yeah, for Nintendo. Yeah, I figured because it's Nintendo. I, f- I figured because Nintendo. Apparently, Nintendo did everything in 1989 because we already done the Wizard, yeah. which was 1989, and now Captain N. Thank you for joining us on this on this particular episode, and we'll see you all next week. Say goodbye, Jamie. Bye bye. Yeah! I really um, didn't want to have to go to the loo during recording this, because I know you're going to leave me another shitty message. I don't message, leave you anything. But I can't hold it anymore, so I'm going okay. to pee. Okay, all right, going to pee. Don't you dare tell them I'm, like, fucking owning a Zelda blow-up doll or something. No, I won't. <laughs>